أعوذ بالله السميع العليم من الشيطان الرجيم الحمد لله رب العالمين وصلى الله وسلم وبارك على سيد الأولين والآخرين سيدنا وحبيبنا ومولانا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم وعلى آله وأصحابه أجمعين السلام عليكم ورحمة الله Welcome everybody to our weekly gathering Reading through Minhaj al-Abidin ila jannati rabbil alameen of Sayyidina Imam al-Ghazari rahimahullahu ta'ala. And we noted that this text is going to talk about seven issues that a person is going to find as they try to live a, f- a life of faith uh, and devotion. And we went through, alhamdulillah, the first issue, the first challenge, was knowledge. And now that takes us to the second challenge, if you will, or obstacle, Al-Aqaba Athaniya Wahiya Tawbah. So Imam Al-Ghazari, he says, Rahimahullah, Al-Aqabatu Athaniyatu Hiya Aqabatu Tawbah. How could Tawbah be a challenge if we fail to utilize it? Imam uh, Sheikh Ahmed al-Dardir, he says, ما شيء أشد على الشيطان من توبة المؤمن Like there's nothing more difficult and hard for shaitan than when somebody repents, when someone of faith repents. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the Quran, he says, وَتُوبُوا إِلَى اللَّهِ أَيُّهَا الْمُؤْمِنُونَ لَعَلَّكُمْ تُفْلِحُونَ Repent to all of you believers, you will succeed. And the Prophet said, By Allah, I repent to Allah and I seek his forgiveness 70 times a day. Now the narration from Abu Huraira says a hundred times a day. So Tawbah becomes a problem if we fail to use it. And that's why subhanAllah, there's a a really beautiful statement that someone who fails to repent should make repentance for failing to utilize the power of repentance. Subhanallah. So the next few weeks, inshallah, we're going to go through this obstacle and hopefully be able to translate this obstacle into something that can be a tool that we use. So the Shaykh he says, نَفْعَنَ اللَّهُ تَعَلَى بِعِلْمِهِ فِي دَارِنِ أَمِينَ ثُمَّ عَلَيْكَ يَا طَالِبَ الْعِبَادَةِ وَفَقَقَ اللَّهُ تَعَلَى بِتَوْبَةِ Then he says, then it becomes obligatory upon you, you who are seeking worship. Ibadah. And that's a very, very important statement of the Imam. What is it that you and I seek? What is it that we truly seek in what we do? So I we say that a believer is always asking his or herself two questions, why and how. Why do I do what I do? And how do I do it? So the Sheikh, he says, Talibu al-ibadati, right? Talib al-ibadah. You who seeks worship. Subhanallah. وَفَقَقَ اللَّهُ تَعَالَى Be tawbah. He said, if you really seek worship, then you should be consummate in repentance. وَلِذَارِكَ لِأَمْرَيْنِ And maybe somebody will ask, why? Like, why do I need to repent? Like, We live in an age now that is constantly filling our ego up with the helium of the dunya. It's very difficult to be a penitent person. For a number of reasons. Number one, the failure to recognize sin. So we say like Islam identifies this as sinful behavior. People will will catch an attitude, man. Within the Muslim community, People will catch an attitude, even though, and we're going to talk about how do we recognize sin today. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has defined sin 
And the Prophet has defined sinful behavior. People catch an attitude. So that's the first. We live in a very kind of dystopian world where there, there is no sin. And then the second is an inflated ego. As one time we were sitting with one of our teachers and he was talking about repentance. And one of the brothers, he was like, I don't need to repent. I haven't done anything wrong. And this was in the 90s when things were a little bit more rough. And the sheikh, he said, no, you're the first person who needs to repent. And the brother caught, at, got, got, caught his feelings. He said, why? And the sheikh, he said, you need to repent for being stupid. Only a dumb person would think that they haven't made sin or fallen into some kind of sin. And then the third is that comfort in, in the material world is often translated to mean that my faith is fine. So the glitz and the glam and the access to the shine of the dunya can blind us from seeing our own shortcomings. That, that feel, man, that, that, that juice that the glitzy world gives us, man. And we have to be very, very careful in an age of opulence that this opulence doesn't cause us to forget al-Jannah, man. So the Sheikh responds to this as though he knows exactly what we were probably going to say. He says that the relationship between worship and repentance is the following. Let's do the two things. The first, that when you repent, this brings about the guidance to become obedient. Subhanallah. He said, because the evil of sin causes a person to like inherit more evil. Being caught up in sin without repenting, right? Leads to evil. And punishment. And that the bonds of sin prevent a person from literally walking to Allah, taking steps to Allah, obedience to Allah, having proper faith in Allah. And it's interesting that he uses the word mashi. Because we know the hadith of the Prophet وسلم, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, if you take one step to me, I take 10 steps to you. If you walk to me, I run to you. But sin is going to stop us from being able to walk, man. It's going to weigh us down. And to race and to flee and to be expedient in his service. So sin now is located by the Imam and posited as a force that's going to weigh us down. And the way to, to immediately remove that is to repent. When somebody says, man, my life is horrible, I'm so far from Allah, repent. As soon as you repent, you are close to Allah Azza wa Jal. Man, I'm such a bad person. Repent, alhamdulillah. The Prophet the one who repents is like one who has no sin. So now we see the importance of repentance as a medicine to treat a heart that feels like there's no hope. فَيَا عَجَبًا كَمْ مِنَ لَا Like there's never been someone who truly repents that's not forgiven. Allah says, يَقْبَلُوا تَوْبَةَ عَنْ The Qur'an says, Allah 
is constantly accepting the repentance of a person. So now we see why Imam al-Ghazali locates this as an obstacle. If we fail to use it on the journey, then we're going to get too heavy. We won't be able to continue on the path. And also if we feel like we've done so many evil things, this is a way to immediately, alhamdulillah, change our life and live for something better, man. Imam Sayyidina Imam al-Qushayri is one of the great scholars. Inshallah, one day we'll teach Risalat al-Qushayriya, inshallah. He said that somebody asked him, when does the relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala start? He said, قُرْبَ that the first step in being near to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the relationship between a person and Allah is faith and forgiveness, faith and tawbah, iman wa tawbah, thumma bi ihsanihi. And then the second thing is ihsan, is to constantly try to work to become better. Wa qurbu arrabbi min abdihi fil akhira fi dunya bil irfan. He said, and that Allah's nearness to you in this life is first found in the sense that you continue to gain more insight and understanding and knowledge of what is really important. Ibadah. You have perspective. That's why the akhirah is important. Without the, without the akhirah, if you look at a painting that doesn't have perspective, Everything looks the same. But when it's drawn with perspective, you're able to see through everything else and get to the point. The Akhira gives you perspective. It allows you to look through the dimensions of the dunya and to see through all that to the hereafter. Wallahi, the Muslim community, we have to be very careful, man, that we don't get caught up in this glitzy, cool, amplification of the dunya in the name of da'wah any true person that's calling to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will always amplify the akhirah and put the dunya in its right place I can't be part of the problem I'm trying to solve I can be aware of the problem I'm trying to solve that's why the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam one of the consummate, one of the constant teachings of the Prophet is don't get caught up in all this, man. Don't get caught up in this. What did he say for us about us? He said, What I fear for you is dunya. That's what I fear for you. Shaitan has given up that Muslims will ever make shirk. Alhamdulillah. Al-Ummah Muhammadiyah, Alhamdulillah. Its iman is strong, inshaAllah. There's no shirk in this Ummah. Alhamdulillah. But what he said is. What I fear for you is this world, is this dunya, is getting caught up in the glitz and the glamour so you no longer have perspective. You can't see through it. You can only see it. And that's why the Prophet ﷺ, when he was walking with the Sahaba and they saw a sheep that had died and was decomposed and had holes in its ear. And he grabbed it and he said, who will pay me a good price for this? They said, nobody, nobody, nobody will want to buy that. It's useless. He said, this is the dunya. This is the dunya. If we want to assess what's wrong with the Muslim ummah, it is we are no longer an ummah who lives for akhirah. We die to live instead of living to die. So what makes us different from any other ummah? We became very similar to the other communities, but what has always made us different is our connection to the hereafter, that perspective, that depth. So Sayyidina Imam, he says, وَأَنَّ قُيُودَ الذُّنُوبِ وَمَرْحَبًا بِإِخْوَانَنَا وَأَخَوَاتِنَا مِنَ الْعِرَاقِ That's some of our Iraqi brothers and sisters here. Alhamdulillah, may Allah bless them, inshallah. And 
We hope that America will, will repay you for the war crimes that it has continually committed against you for the last now almost 30, 40 years. Same with other brothers and sisters. The Shaykh, he says that you have to repent because if you don't repent, the weight of sin will keep you from moving to the obedience of Allah and rushing to serve His deen. Because the weight of sin the lightness needed to move towards obedience and to be active and obedience and he said because sin it impacts the heart the heart finds itself in a state of confusing, confusement, confusion, and harshness, and loss. لا خلوص فيها ولا سفاوه ولا لذه ولا حلاوه. And in that heart, you find no purity. The word safawa actually, you know, we say al-jawsafi, when there's no clouds in the sky. So it's hard to translate. It means there's no clouds in the heart, man. The heart is not, you can see, you can see clearly. It's, there's no blemishes. And there's no true pleasure. And there's no true sweetness in this heart. Meaning the sweetness of Iman, the pleasure of Iman, the clarity of Iman. Allah says that hearts are blind. says that he made Iman beloved to them and sweet in their hearts. Then Sayyidina Imam, he says, وَإِلَّمْ يَرْحَمِ اللَّهُ and if it wasn't for the mercy of Allah and that person, that sin would drive them to disbelief. Imagine, even though, alhamdulillah, we may sin, and even some of us as Muslims, we may be into some really evil sin. Allahu yahulu al mar'i wa qalbi. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has preserved and protected the iman in our hearts. Even though we are steeped in sin, we still say, La ilaha illallah, Muhammad Rasulullah. Faya ajaban kayfa yuwaffaqu li ta'ah man huwa fi shu'umin wa qaswa. And he says, it's incredible. How could someone who's steeped in sin and evil be guided to obedience? Ya Allah. And how, how, how can someone serve Allah when they are consistent in disobeying Allah? And they are, you know, we say muqeem. They are a resident of evil. Allah. And how can someone truly flee to Allah when they are covered by the filth and impurities of sin? Then he mentions a narration attributed to the Prophet. The sound narration actually with a little different wording is related by Sayyidina Imam Tirmidhi. 
in the Sunan of Sayyidina Imam At-Tirmidhi, inshallah, one day we can teach it to our students. One of my teachers used to say, Man kana fi baytih sunan tirmidhi Whoever has the sunan of Imam Tirmidhi in their house, it's like the Prophet live with him. Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Anyways, the Imam he mentions this narration, إِذَا كَذَبَ الْعَبْدُ تَنَحَّ عَنْهُ الْمَلَكَانِ مِن نَتَنِ مَا يَخْرُجُ مِن فِيهِ Allahu Akbar. The hadith, this narration is different than the one in Tirmidhi, but the hadith is similar in meaning that when somebody tells a lie, the two angels that are there to collect our deeds, they pull away from this person because of the filthy smell emanating from his or her mouth. The smell, of course, is not a physical smell. This is a smell of, subhanAllah, this is a spiritual smell. Even the malaika pull away from the person. Allahu Akbar. Allahu Akbar. We also know this in the hadith of the Prophet ﷺ, whoever fasts, you know, their breath is like rih al-misk. Some people, they got this confused. They thought, oh, when I fast, my breath smells like musk. No, to the malaika next to you. Or in Jannah. That now brings us to the question, what is sin? We live in a world now where people question authority to the point they question the authority of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and revelation to designate what is sinful behavior. But if we believe in the Quran and believe in the Sunnah, then we know that those are the sources for defining sin. In Sharia, sin is is anything which opposes the commands of Allah so a sin is to do anything which opposes a clear command of God or to do something that opposes the clear command of Allah either in the Quran or in the Sunnah of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. That's sin. That's sin. And in our relationship to repentance as Muslims in all honesty, when we repent, we actually repent from being like one of two people. The first are those who know and don't act on what they know. They know, but they don't act. I know this is wrong, but for whatever reason, Khalas. I'm not, I'm supposed to do something right and I don't do it. This is maghdubi alayhim. We find in Surah Fatiha. The second are those people who don't know but try to do a lot of things. Sayyidina Umar ibn Abdulaziz used to say, Iza amila bila ilmin, yufsiru akthar mimma yuslih. Sayyidina Umar ibn Abdul Aziz used to say, whoever acts without knowledge will, alhamdulillah, do more evil than good. They 
Then he says, Rahimahullahu ta'ala, naf'anallahu ta'ala bi'ilmihi fi darini ameen. Qala, فَكَيْفَ يَصْلُحُ هَذَا اللِّسَانِ لِذِكْرِ اللَّهِ عَزَّ وَجَلَ So using the hadith he mentioned earlier, that the Prophet said, when somebody lies, the angel, the two angels pull away from that person because of the filthy smell of their mouth. Sayyidina Imam Al-Ghazali, he says, فَكَيْفَ يَصْلُحُ هَذَا اللِّسَانُ لِذِكْرِ اللَّهِ عَزَّ وَجَلَ So then how is it possible that a tongue that lies can be suitable to remember al-haq. فَلَا جَرَمَ لَا يَكَالُ يَجِدُ الْمُصِيرُ عَلَى الْعِسْيَانِ تَوْفِيقًا So somebody who's constantly like steeped in evil and not repenting and not turning back to Allah, they're not going to experience success. وَلَا تَخِفَّ أَرْكَانُهُ لِعِبَادَةِ اللَّهِ تَعَالَى Nor will they, nor will they find it like easy to worship. They won't be able to use their limbs. أَرْكَانُهُ means أَعْضَاءُ Because those, they're doing the opposite of what Allah created them for. وَمَا خَلَقُتُ الْجِنَّ وَالْإِنسَ إِلَّا لِيَعْبُدُونَ Allah created us for ibadah. Now we're using ourselves in a way which is contrary to its purpose. Hmm. And, and here, here's something very important that we, we, we want to think about because we don't want people to get distraught. Right? We don't want people to, to give up or, or to get distraught. So he's saying what I'm talking about now is for people who do not repent. خلاص <laughs> يعني He's, he's talking about this in the context of someone who's doing evil but doesn't repent, right? Of course, we all fall into evil. We all make mistakes. We all sin. And the best sinners are, are those who repent, as the Prophet mentioned. But here he's talking about someone who's just obstinate. Right? You know what? They don't repent. They just keep doing it, doing it, doing it, and they don't care. This is like if perchance that person was going to, you know, uh, be guided, there would be no real sweetness in this guidance. And all that is because they are steeped in sin and have left repentance. وَلَقَدْ صَدَقَ مَنْ قَالَ إِذَا لَمْ تَقْوَى عَلَى قِيَامِ اللَّيْلِ وَصِيَامِ النَّهَارِ فَاعْلَمْ أَنَّكَ مَكْبُولٌ قَدْ, قد قَبَّلَتْكَ خَطِيئَتُكَ Actually, this is a, a very beautiful statement of the Imam. That many of our spiritual ancestors have shared with us. And that is that if somebody finds it heavy to worship, and here he mentions fasting in the daytime and praying in the nighttime. And he's not talking about health issues. That's very different. What he's talking about here is a, a spiritual lethargy, a spiritual laziness. So people may ask, what is the sign that I need to repent? So here he's saying, if you find it weighty and difficult to worship, you are then maqbulun, captured, qad, qabbalatka, khati'atuk. And you have been snarled by your sins. So the way to loosen that is to repent. Radiallahu anhu. MashaAllah. Fahadihi hadihi. He said, This is what it is. Right? You, you got to take it upon yourself to repent regularly, and I repent regularly to remove the weight of sin. 
because the weight of sin has an impact. Keeps me from worship. Keeps me feeling bad. One day someone sent me a message. They said, my iman is so low. I feel so horrible. I can't pray. I said, repent. And they wrote back and they said, how dare you tell me this? How dare you tell me to repent? You think you're better than me? I said, no, man. <laughs> Why did it have to go that way? If you, if you want advice, I'll give advice. I'm not necessarily going to give you the advice you want, but this is what I know works in my own life. It's what I would tell myself. So the Shaykh, he says, فَهَذِهِ هَذِهِ This is what it is. وَثَانِي The second reason that we should repent, مِنَ الْأَمْرَيْنِ إِمَّا تَلْزَمُكَ تَوْبَةُ لِتُقْبَلَ مِنْكَ إِبَادَتُكَ The second reason for repentance is so that your righteous deeds and acts of devotion will be accepted. Because in what he means here is your your nafal acts, not the fard. And this is one of the greatest deceptions of shaitan. And I put something today about it on Instagram and TikTok. It's interesting. It's called TikTok, and so many people wasting their minutes on it and their seconds on it. Tick, tock, tick, tock. That time. Imagine every second will be for us or against us. He says, وَثَانِي مِنَ الْأَمْرَيْنِ إِنَّمَا تَلْزَمُكَ تَوْبَةُ لِتُقْبَرَ مِنْكَ إِبَادَتُكَ فَإِنَّ رَبَّ الدَّيْنِ لَا يَقْبَلُ الْهَدِيَّةَ So what he's saying here is that another reason that we need to repent regularly is so that our extra deeds outside of the obligatory deeds will be accepted. And this is one of the greatest traps of shaitan. That a person will not be praying Fajr, will not be praying Isha, will be horrible to his or her family, will be rude to his or her parents, but think that because I'm in da'wah, or think because I'm an influencer, that I am absolved of those obligations, and Allah loves me and has forgiven, forgiven me even though they're not doing those obligations. It's one of the greatest tricks of shaitan. Why? Someone does all those voluntary acts of good. So they built the walls to the house, they put the roof on the house, but you got no foundation. So the nice walls, the marble, the nice filters that you put on that joint, the fancy roof, it all is going to fall. The Quran says, it's going to be like wool. Fear Allah. And that's why the hereafter gives perspective. No matter how many followers someone may have. If what they are doing is not essential to salvation in the hereafter, those followers will be a witness potentially against them in front of Allah. May Allah protect us. There are hadith that mention this explicitly. That people will see people in hell. And they will say to them, how are you here? You used to tell us about the good stuff. And they will say, I said it, but I didn't live it. So the shaykh is saying, repent all the time so that your good extra deeds will be accepted that will buy you a little time while you work to establish the obligatory acts. And he gives a very powerful example. فَإِنَّ رَبَّ الدَّيْنِ لَا يَقْبَلُ الْهَدِيَّةَ Because someone you owe a debt to, they're not going to accept a gift from you. If you contacted the people we owe our college debt to student loans. They say, hey, hey, how you doing? Hey, man, it's me. I've been in debt to you for like 40 years. What's up? What's good? How's it going, B? Oh, everything's great. 
You know what, man? I got you a PlayStation 5. That cool? Let the debt go? I'll give you the PlayStation 5. Everything's gravy, right? Cool. Salaam alaikum. Click. You think they're going to accept the PlayStation 5? Somebody might actually, but in reality, no. So he said, that's the same thing in your relationship with God. You might have a million followers on Instagram. You might be blowing up like a hot air balloon. But if you are not observing what Allah commanded you and made fard on you, then you are like someone trying to give the person you owe a debt to a gift. They're not going to accept it. فَإِنَّ رَبَّ الدَّيْنِ لَا يَقْبَلُ الْهَدِيَةِ Said because the one you owe that debt to is not going to accept a gift in its place. وَذَارِكَ أَنَّ تَوْبَةَ عَنِ الْمَعَاصِ وَإِرْضَاءِ الْخُصُومِ فَرْضٌ لَازِمٌ And that's why repentance from evil is a fart. And most of the worship, he said, here, here you can appreciate the tricks of shaitan. That the majority of the acts of worship that you do are actually not fard. They're voluntary, they're nafal. And how do you expect your charitable donations of good deeds to be accepted when you haven't fulfilled the loan that you have to pay back to your Creator? وَكَيْفَ تَتْرُكُ لِأَجَلِهِ الْحَلَالَ وَالْمُبَاحَ وَأَنْتَ مُصِّرٌ عَلَى فِعْلِ الْمَحْظُورِ وَالْحَرَامِ And how do you justify not doing certain things that are halal and not doing certain things that are permissible in the name of piety while you are still committing haram? وَكَيْفَ تُنَاجِيهِ وَتَدْعُوهُ وَتُثْنِي عَلَيْهِ وَهُوَ وَالْعِيَاذُ بِاللَّهِ عَلَيْكَ غَبَّانُ فَهَذَا ظَاهِرُ حَالَ الْعُصَاءِ and he says, and how can you flee to the one and turn to the one in dua and praise him while he is angry with you? He said, and this is the case of most of the people who fall or are consistently caught up in sin. Then Imam Al-Ghazari says, فَإِنْ قُلْتَ فَمَا مَعْنَ تَوْبَةِ النَّصُوحِ You may ask, what is true repentance? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Qur'an, يَا أَيُّهَا الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا تُوبُوا إِلَى اللَّهِ تَوْبَةً نَصُوحًا There's another qira'ah, النُّصُوحًا نَصُوحًا نُصُوحًا what does nasaha mean? It means to go somewhere and never come back. If you if you ask, what does that mean? What does it mean like Tawbah Nasuha? And you ask, وَمَا يَنْبَغِي لِلْعَبْدِ أَنْ يَفْعَلَهُ حَتَّى يَخْرُجَ مِنَ الظُّنُوبِ كُلِّهَا and, and what does a worshiper have to do in order to escape from sin? Before we share the answer of the Imam, let's talk about repentance. Sayyidina Dhunun al-Masri was asked about Tawbah. He said, Tawbah tul awami min al-Dhunub. You know, the, the repentance of the regular folks is from sin. Wa Tawbah tul khawasi min al-Ghaflah. And the repentance of those who know Allah is to repent from negligence. Mm. 
Imam Al-Ghazali says, Repentance is from the actions of the heart. It's something that the heart strives for. And now we're going to, to, to address this in a, in a much more detailed way. And he says that in you know the epistemological framework of scholars, Tawbah is Tanzihu al-Qalbi'anidhunub, is that the heart transcends or moves beyond sin. He mentions one of his teachers in his definition of Tawbah said, Yeah, this is heavy. So he says, that Tawbah, true Tawbah, is to leave sin by choice. So you have the, you've, you've chosen to avoid sin, which someone has fallen into previously. Out of awe and love for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and fearing His anger, that definition. And Sayyidina Imami says, فَلَهَا إِذَنْ أَرْبَعَةُ شَرَائِتْ From that we can understand that Tawbah has four conditions. That's what we're going to talk about quickly. إِحْدَاهَا تَرْكُ الْخْتِيَارِ الذَّنْبِ The first is to use your utility and to avoid sinning. And what's important about this component of the definition is that it puts the onus on the person. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the Qur'an warns us of being those people أَوْ تَقُولَ لَوْ أَنَّ اللَّهَ هَدَانِي You know, when Allah guides me, I'll be good. لَا يَا شَيْخِ Of course, we ask Allah for His guidance and then we have to try. فَتَرْكُ اِخْتِيَارِ ذَنْبِ So the person in his or her own power بِإِذْنِ الله, and utility refrains from choosing to do the sin. What does that mean? What that means is two things. Number one is the person checks his or her heart and stops it from heading to the sin. And then also has the resolve to never go back to it. This actually is really nice, man. So what he's saying is that when, when a person feels this sense of remorse, they turn to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that the first part of this has to be met with like really three things. Regret. Number two is refusing to do the sin, not allowing my heart to choose it. And then the third is having the resolve to never go back. And he says, if somebody repents, but they're like, I don't know, I don't know, maybe, maybe. He said, we don't call this ta'ib, we call this mumtani'. They have prohibited themselves from the sin, but there's a chance they may go back to it. But tawbah, the word tawbah means to turn away. Tibtu anku. But if I haven't, I'm not really sure I'm going to turn away, you know, I kind of like them. I don't know. So temporarily, this is called mumtani'. 
وثانيه ان يتوب من ذنب قبل سبق عنه مثله اذ لو لم يسبق عنه مثله لكان متقيا غير تائب He says, and the second is that the person repents from a sin which they actually fell into. So something that someone actually, the mistake, I've done this evil. So that's why Sayyidina Ali ibn Abi Talib radiallahu anhu wa karramallahu wajh ma taba lillahi bil kufr. Sayyidina Ali radiallahu anhu, he never made tawbah for disbelief. Why? Because Sayyidina Ali, he became Muslim when he was nine years old. لكن سيدنا عمر بن الخطاب رضي الله عنه تاب لكفره. Even though he was, mashallah, a great Muslim, one of the greatest Muslims in our ummah. Sayyidina Umar ibn Khattab, he would often repent for his disbelief. Why? Because Sayyidina Ali ma sabaqahu al-kufr. He never committed kufr. So he didn't need to repent. But Sayyidina Umar ibn Khattab radiallahu anhu, he repented for that mistake. So it's okay sometimes those of us like myself, those of us, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala hadana ila hadha deen wa faqana ila sirat al-mustaqeem. Those of us who Allah guided to Islam, when we think about the past and some of the mistakes that we made, we can repent to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That's ta'ib. But if somebody never fell into the sin, this is what muttaqiyan. Yani just muttaqi. Yani. That's why he mentions here, Sayyidina Imam al-Ghazali says, Ala tara annahu yasihu al-qawlu bi anna al-Nabiya sallallahu alayhi wa sallama kana muttaqiyan an al-kufri. ولا يصح القول بأنه كان تائبا عن الكفر إذ لم يسبق عنه كفرا بحال. That's why Sayyidina Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he never repented for kufr because he never fell into kufr even before he was a prophet. sallallahu alayhi wa alihi wa sahbihi wa sallama وأن عمر بن الخطاب رضي الله عنه كان تائبا عن الكفر لما سبق عنه ذلك. Sayyidina Umar, he repented because before he fell into kufr. So the first we said is that someone has to be determined not to return to the sin. If they repent, I don't know, maybe I'm going to do it again. This is mumtani'an. The second is that if they fell into the sin, they repent. If they haven't fallen into the sin, then they ask Allah to protect them. Alhamdulillah. ثم قال الإمام والثالثة أن الذي سبق عنه يكون مثل الذي يترك اختياره في المنزلة والدرجة لا في سورة الله أكبر. This actually is very beautiful, man. You know, he says the third thing that you need to know as a foundation of Toba is that if somebody fell into sin, say they were very young. So their physiological makeup, their biological makeup, their emotional makeup, and their physical makeup will not be the same as when they become old. So maybe when they're older, they want to repent. But maybe shaitan will come to them and say, oh, now you're old. Now you want to repent for the things you did when you're young. Allah will never forgive you. A'udhu billah. The Imam, he says, no, 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 no. He said, it is sufficient for a person who is unable to commit the same sin that they did in the past to repent generally for other sins as a means to cover all those sins. MashaAllah. يعني في المنزلة والدرجة لا في سورة. مش نفس الشيء يعني. How merciful is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Sometimes, you know, you meet people, oh, when I was young, you know, I did this, I did this, I was such a bad person, or a few, I was, you know, just a few years ago, I didn't know what I know now. And 
I was so stupid and خلاص توبي إلى الله ألا ترى أن الشيخ الهريم الثاني الذي سبق منه الزنا وقطع الطريق إذا أراد أن يتوب عن ذلك يمكنه توبة لا محالة إذ لم يغلق عنه بابها الله أكبر He says think about an old person who's near you know their last years and when they were young they committed zina and highway robbery if that person wanted to repent it's certainly acceptable for them to repent because the doors of repentance are not closed until someone dies ولا يمكنه ترك اختيار زنا وقطع الطريق even though at that moment in his or her life being elderly they don't really have the ability to say like I'm not doing this because they don't have the strength like he doesn't have the strength to rob so just because he doesn't have the ability to do the sins he did in the past doesn't mean he cannot seek forgiveness for the sins he did in the past subhanallah Subhanallah. إِذْ هُوَ لَا يَقْدِرُ السَّاعَةَ عَلَى فَعْلِ ذَلِكَ God doesn't have the ability to do that at all. فَلَا يَقْدِرُ عَلَى تَرْكِ اِخْتِيَارِ فَلَا يُسِحُ وَصْفُهُ بِأَنْهُ تَارِكُ لَهُ مُمْتَنِعٌ عَنْهُ وَهُوَ عَاجِزٌ عَنْهُ غَيْرُ مُتَمَكِّنِ مِنْهُ لَكِنَّهُ يَقْدِرُ عَلَى فَعْلِ مَا هُوَ مِثْلُ زِنَا وَقَطِّ الطَّرِيقِ فِي الْمَنْزِلَةِ وَالدَّرَجَةِ كَالْكَذِبِ وَالْقَذْفِ وَالْغِيبَةِ وَالنَّمِيمَةِ إِذْ جَمِيعُ ذَلِكَ مَعَاصٍ وَإِنْ كَانَ الْإِثْمُ يَتَفَاوَتُ فِي كُلِّ وَاحِدَةٍ بِقَدْرِهَا لَكَنْ جَمِيعُ هَذِهِ الْمَعَاصِ الْفَرَعِيَةِ كُلِّهَا بِمَنْزِلَةٍ وَاحِدَةٍ وَهِيَ دُونَ مَنْزِلَةِ الْبِدْعَةِ So basically what he's saying, رحمه الله تعالى, is that, oops, that that person, that that person, mashaAllah, at that moment, uh, may not have the ability to 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 repent for those things. Uh, hold on, I I'm repent for those things that he or she did when they were young. But there are other things that he or she is doing as at that they are old that if they repent for like lying, slandering, backbiting spreading harmful information that's not true. That even though those sins may be different in the degree of evil, that the general repentance, if done sincerely for those things, will cover all of that, alhamdulillah. Mm. And he gives ex uh, some other examples, like bid'ah and kufr. He said, like, bid'ah is not the same as kufr. But if somebody were to repent for both of them, Alhamdulillah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala would forgive them, inshaAllah, if they change their life. وَالرَّابِعُ The fourth, أَنْ يَكُونَ تَرْكُ اِخْتِيَارِهِ لِذَارِكَ تَعْظِيمًا لِلَّهِ عَزَّ وَجَلَّ وَحَضَرًا مِنْ سَخَتِهِ The fourth is that the reason the person leaves these sins is out of their reverence for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. تَعْذِيبًا لِلَّهِ عَزَّ وَجَلَّ وَحَذَرًا In fleeing من سخطيه from his anger وَأَلِيمِ عِقَابِهِ And from his punishment in the hereafter مُجَرَّدًا Sincerely لَا لِرَغْبَةٍ دُنْيَوِيَّةٍ أَوْ رَهْبَةٍ مِنَ النَّاسِ Not because the person hopes to gain something from this world or is scared of the people. The repentance is for Allah. Or that a person is doing this for fame, right? Doing this to be praised. You know, this person has repented, mashallah. And that's why we have to be very careful with new Muslims, man. You got to allow new Muslims to grow outside of the light of the public. Too much attention is not good, man. Still, a lot of work to do because sometimes the attention of people can blind you from really working on yourself. 
because the attention of the people, that gas, will fill a person up, but it's not clean gas. It's not healthy. A person doesn't repent because they're weak, because they're weak, and and they're poor, they want to gain some financial thing. La, the tawbah is for Allah. These are the conditions of tawbah wa arkaniha and its foundations. And if you were to fulfill these conditions, then this is true repentance. So the Imam, and we're going to review it quickly, he answered the question that a person asked. That person asked, what is real repentance? Tawbatan nasuha. So he said, number one, that tawbah is an action of the heart. And for that reason, it has four conditions that you need to think about. Number one is that a person leaves the sin and has a resolve never to turn back to it. Mm. The second, and I'm skipping through the notes here, is that the person is repenting for a sin they fell into previously. And yatuba min dhanbin qad sabaqa anhu mithluhu. The third is that a person does not have to commit the sin. There's another reason he's saying this. So let's say as a young person, someone robbed the bank. And then when they got older, they were like, oh, I should repent for this. But the only way I can be forgiven is if I like rob a bank again. Because there's no sin equal to robbing a bank. He said, Lara, don't think like that. He said, the third, that it is sufficient at the third level to repent for the sins you've made between you and Allah only is what he's talking about. Anytime in your life. Because ma'asi is ma'asi. And then the fourth is that the repentance is for Allah. Not for some kind of gain or fame, not for attention, not, not for accolades, not for anything like that, but that the repentance is for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala only. I'm, I'm going to stop now. If you have any questions or thoughts, next week, inshallah, we're going to talk about Muqaddimah to Tawbah. Muqaddimah to Tawbah. What are the first kind of steps to Tawbah? Today we talked about kind of the four foundations of Tawbah, the importance of Tawbah, alhamdulillah. And next week we'll continue Muqaddimah to Tawbati Fatalatun. And today we also talked about what is sin. If you have any questions, if not, alhamdulillah, this is recorded. It will be put up later this evening on my YouTube page so you can watch it there. Uh, inshallah ta'ala, but we meet every alhamdulillah uh, Tuesday at 6.30 p.m. Eastern. Alhamdulillah, Rabbil Alameen for about an hour. Inshallah soon we hope to be back in NYC doing this class live at the ICNYU, insha'Allah. Someone's asking, how do you know if your tawbah is accepted? First of all, the majority of Sunni theologians say that anyone who truly repents, Allah has promised to forgive them. Wa'adallahi haqq. That's the first. The second is that a sign of good repentance is that it leads to good, right? So if I've truly repented, then I'm going to see some kind of measurable change in my life. I'll see a measurable change in my behavior. Any other questions? That's a great question, mashallah.
طيب بارك الله فيكم وجزاكم الله خيرا وصلى الله وسلم على سيدنا محمد على آله وصحبه وسلم والسلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته So actually I see someone saying that if you stop doing the sin you know that actually is not agreed upon uh, amongst the ulama and the reason is the hadith of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam who said that there is a person who will commit sin and that person uh, will repent to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and subhanallah they will repent to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and Allah azza wa jalla will forgive them. Then they will fall into the sin again and they will repent to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will forgive them. Then they will repent again and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will forgive them and forgive them. So actually scholars say that repeating the sin is not a sign that your repentance hasn't been forgiven but not repenting is the sign. Subhanallah. Alhamdulillah. Wallahi, unfortunately, we don't have any classes for four-year-olds and six-year-olds, but we're working on it, inshallah. 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 We're trying our best. People sometimes make mistakes, man. It's not easy to leave sin. Right, so maybe somebody's repented, but they struggle, but they keep repenting. The person keeps repenting. Alhamdulillah, that's what the hadith says. Mashallah, mashallah. Any other questions for folks here? How can one influence ones around you to repent? That's such a great question. Mashallah, Maheen. May Allah bless you. Mashallah, what a question. Maheen asked the question of the night. Everyone give a big clap for Maheen. Mashallah, mashallah. First of all, is to repent yourself, right? To be someone who's upright, to be someone who does what they say, to be someone who also is repenting, that they see that example. And then I think it's important to think around, around the surroundings. We're going to talk about this. What are the triggers to sin? And so instead of telling them like repent, maybe try to work on the things that are triggering that evil. Okay, Mahin? Uh, how to overcome helplessness. Just read the Basmala. MashaAllah. Allah is Ar-Rahman, Ar-Rahim. Allah khair. Alhamdulillah. Allah is present and here. Alhamdulillah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is, is constantly present. He's al-wudud. He's loving. He's forgiving. So if you lose hope in yourself, never lose hope in Allah. And then also think about the people around you. Do you need to create some healthy boundaries? There may be people henna around you that are causing you to lose your self-confidence. So you may need to distance strategically yourself from those people. Naima is asking such a great question, mashallah. Islamic ruling on adoption, especially adopting when not married but financially stable. It's allowed to adopt we keep hearing non-educated people say adoption is haram. Speaking without knowledge is haram. How would a single woman adopt? And first of all, we ask Allah to help you and whoever find an awesome uh, spouse. Don't give up. Sha'Allah. Sha'Allah. Keep making dua. And I think with your name, Brittany, either you have a convert in your family or you may be a convert. So for us, it's difficult. We don't have families to help us. And, and sometimes we fall into shortcomings and mistakes. So we ask Allah to bless you, inshallah, to find a good person. I mean, I mean, I mean. And your value is not in being married, right? Uh, marriage is, is like salt on the food. 
It's important. It adds something to our life. But ultimately, the most important thing is who we are. Alhamdulillah. How can I import value if I can't export value? So it's allowed for you to adopt in that situation if you were to lactate, take some medication to lactate, and that adopted child were to drink your breast milk, then that child will become mahram to you. Alhamdulillah Rabbil Alameen. And there's no dalil that this is haram. What's clearly haram is what's found in the book in Sunnah. If they say, Ud'uhum li'aba'ihim huwa aqasatu indallah, Surah Al-Ahzab, this is not talking about adoption. This is talking about tabanni. And tabanni was when people would take someone's child and change that child's name and identity. So, of course, eventually you would need to tell this child that he or she has been adopted. And ideally, if known, if known, they should keep their family name. If it's unknown, that's a different story. These are two different issues, alhamdulillah. Absolutely, absolutely. And this is in the books of fiqh. What I'm telling you is not something like a modern fatwa. Or This is because we have so many people flooding the airways who haven't been properly trained that they're giving people really irresponsible, bad advice. Any other questions, inshallah, for Instagram people? Before we let you go, I need to go now play with my daughter. Alhamdulillah, she's excited. So, you know, you're going to get me in trouble. Barakallahu feekum. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless you and increase you. We'll see you on Thursdays as well as Tuesdays around this time. Wa sallallahu wa sallam ala Sayyidina Muhammad. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah. Yeah, you can fast if you miss Fajr. You can, but you need to repent for missing Fajr. And then pray Fajr when you can, insha'Allah, insha'Allah. Wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.